Welcome to Grace. We are glad that you're here with us. We are one church that meets in multiple locations, and we're glad that you chose the Fremont campus here today. Who, who stayed up a little bit later than they should have last night watching the tribe? I was there. Yep. Finally got that 3-1. I, I don't want to like, I don't want to curse it now, but I'm, I'm really hoping for a closeout tonight or, or maybe Tuesday. But it's exciting to be a fan of Cleveland right now, the city of champions. And so uh, it's, it's been an exciting time, and it's an exciting time here at Grace as well. Have some of those big events coming up. Thank you, Lee. Uh, some of those big events coming up, like the, the Grace uh, Burger Bowl, the big football game. That's something I look forward to every year. I'm getting a little bit older these days, and so now I'm actually on the old guy's team, which is a shame. But I still feel like I'm a young guy, but I, I am definitely not as spry or, or as quick as I used to be. But that's definitely a Sunday that I look forward to. I know some of you know me because I'm up here on stage from time to time doing welcome and things like that, but I don't know that necessarily everyone knows <clears throat> exactly what I do. I'm the financial manager here at Grace, and so I'm over the giving, the budget. So, you know, a lot of times guys will come to me and they'll say, I, I, I ran out of cash, but I, I need an extra light or, or I need another TV. And I'm thinking, yeah, we need another TV in this building. But, but seriously, it's something that I really do enjoy. <clears throat> um, it's, a, it's a great job. It's been a great fit here at my home church. But uh, I guess one other thing, a shameless plug for you as well. I'm, I'm over the building management also. So if you're good at fixing stuff, I need your help. I'm bad at that. So we're always having things that, that are kind of breaking down and, and stuff like that that we just need help fixing from time to time. So if that's you, after the service, I'd love to talk with you. And uh, even more so, the outside of the building. The, the lawn care, the hedge trimming, all of that, that's something that uh, is maybe a little more on that thankless job side of things, but we need people for, because what, what I kind of have as our vision is that when people come to church for the first time, hopefully uh, it, it's here at Grace, and, and I want them to experience a, a great experience from the get-go. So when they walk in, I want them to feel like people care here at Grace, and, th and that comes through trimming bushes and doing some of those little things that people don't necessarily see all the time. So like I said, I would love to have you on my team if that's you. I know what you're thinking as well. Is, is this guy, this, this financial manager, this guy, he's going to come and he's going to talk to us about money. He's going to talk to us about giving and why should we, we should be giving more money to the church. If you're thinking that this morning, you'd be absolutely correct. That's exactly what I'm going to do today. I'm going to tell you all about giving. <laughs> and so I've, I've, honestly, I've even found myself in that kind of circumstance before. I used to go to a lot, of, a lot of different churches when I was in college. So I grew up here at Grace, but I, I went to school at Liberty University down in Lynchburg, Virginia. And a, a friend of mine, we would, we would hop around and we'd go and we want to check out the good, the bad, the weird, all things in between. Because we kind of figured, you know, this is the only time in our life that we won't have either a home church or, or won't be working on a staff somewhere. So we would just go and check out all these different churches. And, and I found myself at a church one Sunday morning in Lynchburg. I, I had a contact, a point of contact that I was supposed to go and see. And so I, I go and find this guy. It's kind of an average-sized church, maybe two or 300 people, not too big, not too small. I find this guy. He's really welcoming. He says, yeah, go ahead. You know, go find a seat in the auditorium. And so what do you do when, when it's like your first time to church? I've been there, like I said. You, you kind of slither in the back door. You find that, that row back in the back. You don't want to stand out too much. You just want to kind of fit in. And, and so that's what we do. We go and find a seat in the back row. And I'm sitting there talking with my friend. And right before the service starts, something weird happens. This, this guy that I knew, he comes running back in with a dollar bill. And he hands us both a dollar bill. And he says, you're going to need this. 
Thinking, okay, well, that's, that's strange, but, you know, whatever. And, and so we're, we're sitting there, and we're talking, the service starts, a couple songs play, they go on, and, and one of the first, one of the next things that happens is, is a guy comes walking down front, and he's holding the bucket right down in front. And, and then the next thing occurs is, is some other guy comes out on stage, and I'm guessing it's their financial guy, you know, I, I don't know who the guy was, but he says, all right, this morning we're going to take our morning offering, so everybody hold your money up in the air. And, and at that time I'm thinking, man, I'm really glad that that guy gave me a dollar bill because I'm a poor college kid, I didn't have any cash on me, and so I hold my dollar up in the air, and, and I'm thinking, well, this is getting a little strange, but okay, whatever. And, uh, and, and so then he goes and he says, now let's do our chant. And he says, all right, because I have, I give, and because I give, I will never, ever, ever want again thinking, whatever, I'll go along with that. So I'm saying, yeah, because I have, I give, and I'll never want again, sure, yeah. And, and so I'm saying all these things, you know, and that's fine and all, because I'm still in the back, I'm just kind of hanging out. Well, then the guy says, and we'll start in the back. <laughs> yeah. Now you know where I'm going with this. And so, so the next thing I see, this lady's out in the aisleway and saying, come on, come on, come on, come on. And so what do I do? I push my friend out of the aisleway. I'm like, I'm not going first. You can go and take this heat. And so we go down front, we throw our dollars in, uh, we head back to our seats, no big deal, um, still just trying to, to stay as comfortable as we can. And, and honestly, because it was our first time, we were so uncomfortable, and, and uh, that's not what we're going to do today. I'm not going to call somebody down front. But w- what I know was happening in that circumstance, the people that went to church there normally, they're kind of looking around. They're seeing two poor college kids with just a dollar bill that they're throwing in the offering. They're seeing... Oh, that guy, he lost his job last week, yet he's holding up a $50 bill. You know, good for him. Wow, that's great. Or, or maybe it's the opposite side of things. That guy, he's got tons of money. What, what's he doing? Why isn't he throwing in more than a $20 bill? And we make things all about appearance, just like in that story. And, and, and what's interesting is the Bible has so much to say about money and about possessions. Uh, there's actually only about 500 verses on prayer and less than 500 verses on faith, yet there's over 2,000 on money and on possessions. So the Bible has a lot to say about that, and that's, that's exactly where we're going to be at today, uh, is, ver- or is in Mark 12, verse 38. So if you want to flip over there on your phone, on your tablet, if you're keeping it old school with the Bible, I love that. Flip there, Mark 12, verse 38. Also be up on the screens here as well. But this passage, Jesus is, is at the temple, and he's talking about these religious leaders. And, and these people would have known exactly who he's talking to or talking about because they would have been there at the temple. And I don't know if he's specifically, like, pointing at them or, or just kind of giving, like, a, a head nod in their direction. But he's pointing out these religious leaders, and that's what we're going to pick up here in verse 38. And it says, in his teaching, he was saying, beware of the scribes who like to walk around in their long robes and like respectful greetings in the marketplace and chief seats in the synagogues, and places of honor at banquets, who devour widows' houses, and for appearance's sake offer long prayers. These will receive greater condemnation. So he starts off right away in verse 38, and he says, beware, beware of the scribes. Honestly, I, I think it'd be something that would stand out to us a little bit more if it said, beware of the murderer, or beware of the rapist, or beware of Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. That's the kind of thing that would stick out to us, at least for me as a, a Buckeye fan. That would stand out to me if that's what it said. But, but what he's saying is, is beware of these guys. We don't have these scribes. But what we do have in our, in our modern culture are churches with guys walking around in long robes, praying long prayers, saying 
churchy words like edification and sanctification, all these different things, to sound a little more spiritual. And even myself here today, honestly, I, I knew that I was going to be up in front of close to 2,000 people, so I ironed a shirt this morning. You know, usually I just wake up, throw the least wrinkly thing that I can find in my closet on, and head into church, but I knew I was going to be up in front of a lot of people, so I, I too also care about appearance. Uh, maybe you've even found yourself in this kind of circumstance. <clears throat> I head to a lot of banquets, dinners, conferences, church things, you know, these Christian-related events. I hope I'm not the only one, because I, I might just be a, a big jerk, but let's say you're, you're in the car and you're, you're riding along with your spouse, and, and maybe you get into a, a little bit of a fight, and maybe one of you's crying, maybe one of you isn't, and, and so you get to that place, you get to your friend's house, and, and you're thinking, we got we to gotta clean this up. This has got to get dry really quick because nobody can know that we were having a fight, right? And so what I, I generally do, maybe this is you too, is, is I'll turn up the fan really high and then I'll just put my eyes in front of it just to make sure nobody knows that I was the one crying. <laughs> like I said, even as Christians, we care about appearances. And that's exactly what's happening 2,000 years ago here in verse 41. And that's where we're going next. So if you want to follow along, it says... And he sat down opposite the treasury and began observing how the people were putting money into the treasury. And many rich people were putting in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which amount to a cent. And so to give you a little bit of temple background, it was a, it was a social place. It was a place a lot like our churches today. People would gather Everyone could come, people just like us, non-Jewish people would come, they, churchy word alert, they'd call them Gentiles, and, and so everybody could come, and then they had this series of gates, and you could enter into the gate, the first gate would be the court of women, and, and so what that meant was men, women, children that were Jewish could enter into this court, and that's specifically where, where this text is, is playing out at. And as you went further, court of men, and, and only Jewish men could go, and then priests, and, and so on and so forth. But in this situation, like I said, it's in the court of women, and, and how this was set up was uh, there would be 13 boxes, these metal boxes sitting around this courtyard, and they had this funnel-shaped opening, and that's where you'd throw your money into. And so there's 13 of them. You could give your money to a, a variety of different things, be it from like the general fund to wood to incense, a lot of different things. But, but the weird part about these boxes is because they're metal and they have this funnel-shaped opening, it creates this, this natural speaker effect. And so as people would throw their money into it, it would create a noise and, and it would catch some attention. And so when Jesus is talking about these, these rich people throwing in their money, it caught a lot of attention. And, and it had me thinking a little bit, uh, and that's why I have this, this bowl of money and, and these other bowls sitting here, is I want to explain that to you a little bit further, is the fact of, of how our budget's set up here at Grace. So we have a, a unified budget, but there's different areas of that budget. And so, for instance, let's just say this bowl would represent orphan care. So we take care of two, or two orphanages in Thailand, also in Africa, and we try to get global here at Grace. We, we don't want to just keep our money here in Fremont, not just in the United States. We want to get global with our money. And so we have those orphanages. So let's say this bowl represents that. Let's say this bowl represents... Growing with Grace. So if, if you're new to Grace, we have a capital campaign. That, that's where we pay for our buildings out of. You know, this, this beautiful building behind us here, that's where that money came from. Um, that's how it's always been used in the past is, is uh, money for, for keeping this place up. <clears throat> Let's say the next bowl would be community fund. And so, again, we have a lot of families that come to Grace. 
sometimes they just get down on their luck. You know, maybe they lost a job. They need a, a, a month of help. You know, maybe they, they need the heating bill paid, something like that. Uh, it's not a long-term program, but, but something that we do from time to time for, for families here at Grace is we care about them. So let's say that bowl represents that. And, and let's say this, this other bowl is, is just kind of your, your ministries. So youth, uh, something that I'm over, celebrate recovery, uh, Sunday mornings, just, just anything like that. Let's say that, that fourth bowl represents that. Again, let's say that, that I'm that rich guy coming into the temple, got my big bag of money or vase of nickels, I guess. And I'm walking through and I'm, I'm kind of jingling around trying to catch a little bit of attention. People can hear it. Oh, that, that guy, he's got some cash. And so, so when I'm walking through, I'm, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, orphan care. That, that's important. Definitely need to take care of the orphans. I'll, I'll, I'll give a little bit of money to them. And so I pour in some. I let it ring out. I draw some attention. I start to gather a little bit of a crowd. And, and I go to the next one, Growing With Grace. Yeah, wow, this, this beautiful building, I, I care so much about this place. And, and I, I raise my children here. And, and, you know, we need to keep this place nice. And so I pour a little bit of money into Growing With Grace. And I let that ring out. Draw a little more attention. Gather a little bit larger of a crowd. And I go on to community funding. Yeah, of course, you know, I, uh, some of my closest friends have needed that money. We, we definitely need to take care of the community, especially the church families here at Grace that call this their church home. And so I'm going to pour a little bit of money into there as well. And I let that ring out. And I draw a little more of a crowd. And then this little old lady comes walking through. She's got two coins. She can't make too much noise even if you wanted to. She's walking through and she's thinking, yeah, well, well these ministries, they, they need a little bit of money as well. And so she just drops in her two coins. And it's just silent. Not much sound. Doesn't draw much attention. No one really cares that much. And she goes on her way. But what's really awesome is the reaction from Jesus here in verse 43. And it says, calling his disciples to him, he said to them, truly I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all the contributors to the treasury. See, Jesus knows. He calls his disciples over because they're just like us. They're wandering around the temple. They're excited. They, they hear the noise, the sights, the sounds. They want to be a part of that crowd of, of the rich guy, the guy that's throwing the money in, that's, that's gathering the attention. And they're going to miss the important part. So Jesus calls him in and he says, come over here, come over here, check this out. This little lady, do you see her walking through? This is the reason we're at the temple today. This is why we're here. And she walks through and she drops in her coins, chink, chink, and she heads on her way. And it doesn't say that Jesus went up to her and thanked her or anything like that. But yet Jesus says, she contributed more than everyone else with her two small coins. It goes on in verse 44, and it says, For they all put in out of their surplus, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she owned, all she had to live on. So what you're thinking today, you're saying, wait, 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 wait. I don't have any surplus. I don't have any extra. I can't give any more to the church. I don't have any, anything else sitting around. I don't have a surplus. Question is, did you eat today? Do you live in a house? 
Does that house have electricity? We're actually in the process right now as a church building a block home in Thailand for refugee children because they don't have electricity. That's what poverty looks like in the world. We've got it great here in America. We have so much. See, but again, it says, for they all put in out of their surplus. So here's something I want us to think about. You know, I, I know uh, that, that Thanksgiving's coming up in a, in a couple of weeks. It's one of my, my favorite times of year. Can you, can you see that, like, the turkey getting put out on the table with the steam coming up from it? Or, or maybe that, that mashed potato volcano that everybody does, and then you, you pour your gravy over and, like, let it roll down the sides. And the biscuits, the, those, like, crescent rolls, my mom makes those for me every year because she knows that I love those, and I slather them up with butter and, like, let it drip down the side, and they're just so good. But, but let's think about it this way. Let's, let's say, for instance... You're, you, you normally invite your guests over and, and your people of honor on Thursday, your family, your friends, maybe somebody you work with, and you serve them the first slice of turkey. You, you sit down and you make sure that they have everything that they need, and you say, all right, wh what kind do you want? White or dark meat, right? And then you give them the first slice. You make sure they have everything and make sure that they're enjoying their meal before you probably even take your first bite. But let's say, for instance, around Thanksgiving week, Tuesday or Wednesday, you decide you're going to make your Thanksgiving meal that day. And you eat this big meal with your family. You enjoy it. Because turkeys are so big and those meals are so big, you have, you have tons of leftover, right? And so you throw it all into the fridge and, and set it there for a couple of days. And then on Thursday, you still invite over your guests of honor, your family, your friends, your boss, whoever it might be. But then you pull those leftovers out, you microwave them, yeah, it's pretty similar. You serve it to them. They're not thinking, uh, you know, this is, this is so bad. They're, they're probably thinking, yeah, it was, you know, it was an all right meal. It's not, not too bad. But when they're leaving, they're thinking, oh, I've, I've never really had leftovers served before on Thanksgiving. They're, they're thinking, it's not the worst meal I've ever had, but it sure isn't the best. And yet, that's what we do with God. We give out of our leftovers. We give out of our surplus. You honor your guests at Thanksgiving out of your sacrifice that you give to God out of your surplus. I do the exact same thing. You know, honestly, if, if we believe that everything we have is God's, you should get the first cut. You should get the first slice. So I want you to ask yourself, are you trusting in God or are you trusting in your ability to provide for yourself? I'm right there with you. My entire adult life has been revolved around money. Uh, I'm a financial manager here at Grace Now, but before that I was a, a stockbroker. And, and so my entire life has revolved around money and, and complex investments and, and the excitement of, of what that means and, and, and all of that. And, and so I'm right there with you. I get worried about the future. I get worried about paying off the house. I get worried about retirement. I get worried about needing to buy the next car or that maybe ours is a little too old because we have two little kids and, and we need a, an updated car. That's what I worry about as well. See, but every time that my life gets out of order, it's generally because I'm not giving to God first. It's generally rooted in my finances. Every time I see that. 
See, Pastor Kevin, a, a couple of weeks ago, he, he spoke on this rich young guy. He comes to Jesus and he, he says, what do I need to do? What, what do I need to do to get to heaven? I want to know the, the truth of life. And Jesus says, sell everything you got, give it away, and follow me. This guy walks away depressed, dejected, because he knows that he can't do that. Because he knows that's the, the one area that he hangs on to, that's his, that he can control. See, but then this little lady, she comes walking through, and she does exactly that. She gives literally everything that she has. And see, that's the genius of Jesus, is right here. That's the genius. Because up until this time in history, it was always about how much you gave. Honestly, even today, a lot of times people feel like, oh, that church, it's only about my money. That big church in town, that's all they care about is getting cash. I showed up there one day, and their financial manager got up there and talked about money. That's what people think. But yet Jesus, he flips that all on its side. Jesus says that's not what it's about at all. See, it's about trust. It's about faith. It's not an income issue. It's a heart issue. That's what Jesus says. See, this woman, she gave two coins. Isn't that really significant? Maybe we, maybe we blew through that as well. We were reading over it. Think about that. She gave two coins. Why don't you think that she just gave one? Do you think she needed to eat that day? Do you think that she needed a place to live for that week or that month? I'm sure she did. But she gave both coins. She threw them both in. She trusted entirely God with her life and with her finances. Again, I do this exact thing. I, I, I sit there and I think, I, I've got two coins. Uh, but, but here's the thing. I'll give this one to the church and... This one I, I can't do. This, one, this one's designated for clothes, or, or, or this one's designated for new windows, or, or this one's designated for, for the house, or, or the kids' college fund, because, you know, I've got two kids, and they're like two and, and one, and, and, you know, college is only like 16 years away. I, I, I have to give this. I, I got to hang on to this, because this has to go towards the college fund. But then what I do is I end up giving away like 6% of my income rather than 10% rather than what God's called us to do. Because I want to hang on to it. I want to keep control of my finances. Malachi 3.10, uh, I'm not going to read it so much for you today, but here's the reference, Malachi 3.10. Uh, ultimately, God's just saying, test me now in this. I want to put it up on the board uh, because I wanted you to know that God actually says test him. You probably walked into church today thinking, uh, God, God actually says don't test him. This is the only area that God says to test him is in your finances. He says, test me, test me, trust me in this, test me in it, and see what happens next. See the blessings that come your way. See what happens when you trust me wholly with your life and with your finances. And that's the question is, is what is it for you? Is it your money that you're hanging on to? 
I hear a lot of people say, actually, where, where they'll, they'll come and they'll say, well, I, I serve 10% of my time at the church, and, and time is money, and so I'm giving enough to the church. I, I do a lot there. They don't need my money as well. But isn't it interesting that Jesus isn't pointing out the lady that's serving at the temple. He points out the lady that's giving at the temple. That's what's important. Maybe, maybe you're sitting there saying, well, yeah, I, I, give, I give my money away. I, I give to Red Cross and Habitat for Humanity, and, and I give a lot of money away. And, and I'm not saying that's bad at all. Actually, as a church, whenever there's a disaster, a natural disaster or anything like that, that people need some help, we actually give some money to Samaritan's Purse because we trust them that they're going to make good use of your money, of this church's money. We do the same thing. So I'm not saying that's bad. But is that what God says? Does God say, yeah, give away some of your money and, and make sure that, that some of it's an organization and some goes to the church? No, not at all. Actually, he says, give to the church first. Give to my house first. That's what he says in Malachi 3.10. Give to the place that's help raising your children. Give to the place that's backing you up, that has your back when, when, when you need it. Give to that place first. And then, yeah, get generous. Get crazy with your money. Give it away. But give to the church first. That is what God says. So here's the thing. We're coming up on, on uh, some exciting times of grace, not just the events that are coming up this fall, but even in January, we're going to do a, a series just on different challenges in your life and, and, and ways that you can trust God further, and this is going to be one of them, is we're actually going to launch something called a tithing challenge, and, and I don't want to get too deep into it, but ultimately, we're going to challenge you to tithe, and if you don't see blessings in your life, we're going to refund everything to you. Every dollar that you gave to the church, we're going to refund it to you. And so we're going to explain that more to you, like I said, in, in January when we get into a series on challenges. Um, but that's going to be one of the weeks, and I'm excited for that. Because it's not actually what we want from you, it's what we want for you. We want you to trust God entirely. We want you to trust Him with your finances. Which, again, personally, is probably my tightest gripped area. That's what we want. That's what God wants for you. See, the question is, are, 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 you, are you giving out of sacrifice or are you giving out of that surplus? Is God getting his first cut? Does it hurt a little bit sometimes when you give? Because it, it probably should from time to time. It should alter your lifestyle from time to time. It should be a sacrifice. That's exactly what this lady did. She gave everything. She sacrificed everything. She didn't give out of her surplus. As you can see in the illustration, the guys that had a bunch of money, they still had a bunch left over. They didn't sacrifice. They gave out of their surplus. This little old lady, she gave everything that she had. Now, honestly, I, I, I don't want you to, to walk away feeling bad, like you, you need to give money. Or I know some churches, uh, kind of like that, that one that I, I started off this, this message with, uh, I'm not going to bring down the ushers down forward and, and do some other offering or anything like that. I don't want you to walk away feeling like that. But what I want for you is wholly trusting God, giving him everything, trusting in him, trusting in him entirely. That's what I want for you. 
So let's stand up and we'll pray and, and get out of here. But, uh, but that is exactly what we want. It's holy trust in God. So let's pray. Lord, thank you for today and, and uh, for the families represented here and the people represented here in the community and, and uh, just loving this place and, and growing up here. Um, I have a deep love for this church. I, I pray that, that you convict the hearts that need convicted and I pray that you bless those that are, that are doing this already. Thank you so much for everything you do for us, for, for the cross, for providing uh, all of our finances, everything that you've given to us. Uh, we thank you for that and love you for that. In your name I pray, amen. Next week, we didn't even tell you yet, next week is time change, so get that extra hour of sleep, go to bed at the same time, but get up and, and come here just an hour later than normal, and we'll see you next week. Have a good week.